G'day listeners and welcome to another episode of Conversations in Code. I'm Mike. I'm Campbell. In today's episode, our focus is electronic gadgets. It's a bit more of a, um, a chit-chat conversation about um, you know, electronic devices um, you know, which solve some sort of problem or have educational or recreational purposes. Uh, we go over you know, what devices that we have at home that we rely on, that we get a lot of value out of, um, you know, the, the different areas or, or needs that these consumer electronic devices, you know, cater to, um, and also, you know, what, um, what particular aspects of these devices interest us and, and which ones we're, we're keen on um, uh, having a, a tinker with. And, and also we go into... Our, our wish list of you know devices that don't uh, don't exist but you know we think might be cool ideas if, if they were able to be um, to, to be brought into being so yeah stuff that can actually be created with today's technology basically yeah 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 so um, we hope you enjoyed the episode and with that we'll get into it okay good day to you cam uh, what have you been up to lately oh well uh from the last episode, I mentioned uh, those birds, uh, pesky birds in the wall, uh, mm. living there and making their noise every morning. So I managed to get a ladder and climb up there and cover the hole up and birds hung around there grumpily looking at me. But luckily, <laughs> there were no like baby birds in there, so I wasn't, you know, it didn't feel so bad. And um, mm. yeah, there's since been no birds in the wall and been up to sleep in a little bit. Oh, nice job. Well done. That's, yeah. Well yeah. Done. Although I've had to paint it and I painted it the wrong color. So there's this very like stupid looking pink or yellow. I can't remember. Little I square. think they call, they call that an accent color. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, that's, that's solved. Um, what else? Uh, done some blender development. I mean, as usual, um, been working on a, a new tool that's uh, sort of in the toolbar and um, interactive uh, object creation tool. And because it's quite visible and it, um, you know, has different key shortcuts and different ways of accessing it, uh, everyone has an opinion on it. So I've been getting <laughs> feedback from users and um, tweaking it and making some improvements based on that. Hmm. Um, yeah, and besides that, just code review and bug fixing and yeah, just um, pretty standard stuff. Um, how about you? Yeah, I mean, apart from the, the usual work stuff, um, the big thing for me over the last little while is... Um, I have discovered todoist.com. Um, it's basically a, um, a to-do app as a service. Um, it's a subscription service that you have to pay for, um, but it's worth every penny of the price of entry for me. Um, I, I have really bad um, memory and I... I need some way. I need some sort of exo brain to be able to help me with, um, with all all that sort of stuff. And you know, and in the past, I've, you know, I've been in a situation where my desk is just covered in post-it notes for all sorts of things that I just don't want to slip out of my brain. And um, uh, I've, I've been on a search for quite some time to find a uh, a to do. Um, management app that sort of that works for my workflow and it's been i've gone through a few different things i've looked at um using the 
the informal to-do.txt um, standard. Um, and, and I mean, like I can post some um, some links to these these different um, approaches. I've, I, I use org mode a little bit um, in, uh, in Emacs and uh, that has a large part of that is um, uh, to do uh, management. Um, and I was trying to, you know, trying to see if that was going to work for my approach. Uh, I, I tried to go with it for a little while, but um, it just didn't quite stick. But this um, to do um, to do um, service, it's, it's really good because um, it's, it's got native apps on Android and iPhone, and that's where I do a lot of my adding of to-dos happens on my on my smartphone because that's what I've always got with me wherever I am, um, and so it's important to be able to do that. It's it's um, a cloud service which I'm not too fussed about. Um, uh, I mean, like yeah, you can get into concerns around um, uh, cloud-based stuff, but that's um, that's a price I'm happy to pay as well. But um, it's synchronized on, on the cloud. I can access it via a web browser. I can access it in the in the app on the the smartphone, and then it's got a really solid API as well. So you know, I've got you know I'm able to set up command line access to it on on my machine, and there's a couple of uh, GitHub repos for CLI clients for it and that sort of thing. So it's um, very very effective for me. Yeah, okay. that's, that's what I've been up to. It sounds like we could probably have an episode, like yeah, just yeah, based yeah. on that. And based yeah. on what I do for to-do and all that. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, I find the whole to-do thing a bit tricky because I already have a bug tracker, which manages a lot of my to-dos, so it's not like... So for yeah, most maybe. of the work stuff, I've got my own to-dos, but I suppose there is personal to-dos as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's like you say, it's, it's probably something that um, might be good to cover in an episode, so we'll look at that. All right, so how about we get on with the show? Yeah, sounds good. So for today's episode, this will be a little bit more of a chit-chat sort of show, but um, we sort of thought that, you know, we're, we're both interested in technology. Our normal focus in this show is on technology tools and tool chains. Um, however, for, for this one, we thought it might be interesting to focus on uh, quote-unquote consumer electronics, you know, devices that we're, that we're interested in, which solve a problem or have an educational or recreational purpose, um, as well as um, our wish list of, of device ideas that we'd like to see, you know, made into reality. Yeah, so I'm in the awkward situation of um, being quite interested in tech, and I guess you could say I work in tech, but I really haven't had that much luck. Um, early on, when I was young, I bought little gadgety things that seemed like they'd be a good idea at the time, um, like organizers before uh, mobile phones were, were a thing. And, you know, I sort of got into it, but then I just ended up not using any of it. So I'd buy these things and it was pretty expensive at the time. And I just, turned, I just ended up not really using it much. And then you lose the charger or it gets mixed up in a box of other chargers and kind of. And now, now Cam is a, an angry, jaded man. Exactly. So now I'm not really keen on, well, it's not that I'm not keen. I just, most little gadgety type things, like even if I think it's a good idea or it seems kind of cool, I'll probably not end up using it. Unless it seems like a really surefire thing that I'll definitely use it. I typically just don't. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So while there's lots of cool gadgety things to get interested in, I'm mostly interested in things that can save me time or 
you know, do the mm. tedious tasks for me. But yeah, there isn't so much of that around at the moment. So yeah, we'll mention yeah. that later. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into it. But it's interesting. That's I've you know I've probably got different different purposes in mind in the in the gadgets that I'm looking for. Um, and and as far as that goes, um, we thought we could sort of start off by to sort of quickly going over the the key gadgets um, and tech that we do have that we use um, uh, frequently. So for me, um, I'd I'd list one of the the gadgets that we've got at, at our home is uh, a thermomix. Um, I'm not sure how many of our listeners might be aware of uh, those devices, but they're basically um, it, it sounds like I'm um, yeah, being disparaging, but it's uh, a thermomix is basically a, a blender that uh, that also cooks and heats. Um, which I mean, and and it's um, it's got um, you know qu- quite uh, detailed control over how it, it does those processes, and um, they're, they're they're very expensive, and, and I'd say that um, a fair portion of of their price is is a premium um, just on the on the brand name um, but the um, the device itself is um, is very useful and you know it has a, a, a fair amount of value as far as that goes um, so I've seen them advertised or like promoted yeah. as like a machine that does your cooking for you is it really <laughs> yeah. like that you sort of throw the ingredients in and sort of voila a meal comes for, out for, for for certain recipes um, it's you uh, you can get away with just Chucking the list of ingredients into the into the container, uh, pressing the buttons and leaving it, and then uh, once it's finished, it's ready to eat. There's certain things, certain recipes that you can do that way. Or is it more like recipes that you could do that anyway? Like you could just like chuck a bunch of things in a pot and then also cook it for, a, and then take it out. And well, stuff. yeah, yeah. The difference is that is you it, need to are step. they like soups and stuff that you would expect anyway? Yeah, <laughs> you that sort get of too thing. Much into detail. Well, no, no, no. That, that sort of thing. But <laughs> the difference is if you're cooking it yourself, you'd need to be standing there stirring it and. Um, and this, um, and it's it's got fairly fine grain control over the the heating element as well. So it, it, um, there's certain recipes that are sensitive to how much heat you apply. So it's useful for that as well. Um, so, but it's it has the ability to it's got you know it has the ability to walk you through a set of instructions as well. So, for example, it's possible to to make bread with the thermomix. But how that works is. You start off by chucking all the ingredients in and pressing the button, and it, it whips up the the dough, um, and it lets it prove in the container. And then once it's finished proving, um, you then need to manually take the dough out and knead it, and then um, put it into bread tins and bake it, basically. For example. Okay. But is I mean, it a hassle to clean? Because a lot of those things, all basically all cooking gadgets, they seem yeah. really cool, but then when you have to wash them, it's always a hassle. And then when they're a little bit older, they get gunk on them. It's hard to scrape <laughs> yeah, yeah. off, and it's no, it's, it's pretty, not as exciting. Having it's it, it's having it's a pretty stuff. good it's pretty good sort of industrial design. It's it's quite functional. Um, you are you are able to cl- clean it just by putting soapy water in the container and letting it cook and whiz up at the same time, and that cleans it fairly well. But if you want, you're also able to disassemble a couple of pieces to take the the mixer blade out and that sort of thing. And it just becomes basically an empty container that you can scrub out. Um, so it's, it's, um, you know, you're able to keep it pretty clean. Um, it's, it's mostly a convenience thing, you know, like it's nothing that you couldn't do yourself. It's, it's just that it's, 
quicker and less hassle to use the Thermomix. For example, you know, our family um, cooks uh, porridge most mornings, but we do it in the Thermomix. And it's not like um, porridge is insanely complicated to do. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like almost the easiest thing you can cook on the stove. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But the, the advantage with it is you just... Like I say, you just chuck in the ingredients, um, press the button, and that's it. You don't need to stand there with it stirring it. You can, you just let it cook for eleven or so minutes while you go start setting up other things, get get the table set up, and get the kids sorted and that sort of thing. Yeah. You know? huh, okay. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny with all so, these convenience things because a lot of things you can do yourself, but once you're used to not having to, sometimes the convenience can actually be sort of worth it, even if it seems kind of um, petty to be saying, oh, yeah. Yeah, cooking porridge yeah. is really hard. Yeah, it's like if, if we didn't have it, it's not like we'd be unable to, to survive. It's just, <laughs> it's, just, um, it's, it's just nice not to have to go through the hassle um, with some of those things, you know. So, so if it broke, would you buy another one? Like is it that level of awesome? <laughs> well... Mm, yeah, I mean, my my answer to that, my wife's answer to that, might be different, but um, uh, I'm, I, I'd if if it broke, I'd potentially, I'd personally be interested in looking at some of the alternative brands of um, cooking uh, blenders, of which there are a few. I'm not like you know, Thermomix has got the reputation as being the you know, the best in class and, and that might be the case and that's why it's so much more expensive. But um there is a fair price difference between the Thermomix and some of the other options. So I'd personally be interested in looking at other options. But I'd be willing to look at um getting another device to replace it. Okay. So you would actually want want to have one because that's kind of a test. Sometimes you buy these things and they mm. seem like worth having, but if they break like you know yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, like I say, if if we weren't able to get another one, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But yeah, if um if the price was right, I'd still be interested. You know, it's not like you go on a holiday and you're like, oh my gosh, they don't have a thermomix. Oh, <laughs> we have to go back to the dark ages. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, oh, actually, um, yeah, actually, and that's a good point. That um, makes me think of uh, something that I didn't include in the doc here, but um, probably. Probably the the device. It's not consumer electronics, but the device that's most important to me that I do take when I go camping is my. Um, it's a Japanese brand, my Porlex um, hand coffee grinder, and I'd also take my Vietnamese coffee maker um, to brew a proper cup of Joe, uh, because there's no excuse to you know have the sort of caveman coffee that um that some people put up with on when they're camping so that's that's the the key one for me um, especially now that now that i'm working from home a lot more um i uh that that equipment's very important to me um but i mean apart from that um you know the other devices i've got i've i've got um a couple of you know what I call retro, retro computers um, that I have left over from back when I was a kid. Um, and that's a bit of a, an area of sort of hobbyist interest for me. Um, I, I classes, you know, consumer electronics, even though they're old. Um, and then beyond that, um, the, the really, the really functional stuff that I have um, inside the house. Um, one example is the Chromecast. Um, 
which is really good because it's it's fairly agnostic. It's you know most of the apps that I have on my phone that do any sort of video are able to stream to the Chromecast. So whatever I've got playing on my phone, I can just throw it up on on the the big screen TV at home. Um, and it's not you know like I say it's fairly agnostic. Um, uh, there's no it's not like a locked in ecosystem or anything like that. And then beyond that, um, the key device for me would be my smartphone. It's just um, when I'm out and about and not at home, that's, you know, that's just, um, it's the device I use to listen to music to, um, like I say, with Todoist to add, to do tasks, um, uh, you know, obviously make calls and all the rest of it and communicate with people. But um, it's, you know, browsing and videos and all that sort of stuff. It's just it's just so multifunctional. It's, um, I could survive without it, but I wouldn't enjoy it. Have you tried it? No, uh, but I, I don't, I don't need to. I just know that I wouldn't. Yeah. So that, that's my list. How about you, Cam? So obviously my computer, um, programmable mm. keyboard, it's pretty gadgety. We did an episode on that. We did an episode on those. Um, but besides that, um, I don't really have that much gadgety stuff. I've got a webcam recently, if that counts, um, just to do meetings, just for meetings on my computer. Um, so I also have an MP3 player which runs Rockbox, which is a firmware you can install onto some MP3 players. And that's quite nice because uh, it's just a dedicated device, um, plays MP3s, of course, but it has quite a lot of features that are good for listening to podcasts and um, really long audio books. So you can sort of quickly scroll into the middle of an eight hour audio file um, and mm. bookmark things. So when you turn it on, it's playing exactly where it left off. If you pause and play, it jumps back a few seconds so you don't miss the bits in between. It's um, yeah, little features, yeah. but it's, it's quite nice. You see, if you had a smartphone, you wouldn't need to have a, a dedicated device just to listen to stuff. Yeah, but it's tiny. I can just go for a run, clip it to my pants, and it's, it's you know, I turn it on, it's playing it, what I was listening to. I don't have to, like, yeah. click on the app and open it and yeah, be distracted by notifications about emails I've got. Well, you can turn notifications off. Yeah, but come on. People don't. Yeah, and and um and it's just an app on a smartphone. You don't need to have a, se- a, separate, a separate physical device for it. You know? Yeah, but you haven't counted this big plonky thing dangling around in your pocket while you're running. One. Yeah, I know, but yeah. Okay, you can get one of those arm things and like slot it to your arm. Come on, I'm going to make your arguments for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I suppose I don't do any running, so it's not really <laughs> an issue for me, but yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I do quite like that it doesn't do anything else. Like just a dedicated device that just... I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to start late on it. I can't sleep. I just, you know, put something on. Yeah, it's interesting. Doesn't do anything else. Yeah, I mean, I had a couple of MP3, like dedicated MP3 players back in the day, and um, I was quite happy with them functionally. But um, I think I've still got got them. But they, you know, they're they're just in the uh, in the device graveyard now. Like um, they're just unnecessary in terms of my current setup. Yeah. Not sure how to go on from that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 I do too, but with running Rockbox made 
brought back the MP3 player in usefulness. Yeah, so, yeah, I've, yeah, and I because I, I had these old ones and they weren't that good when I found yeah. them. I like they were kind of a hassle to use and they weren't that. Yeah, yeah I just didn't like them that much. Yeah, and I'm, I'm using, not... it was actually somewhat. There was a podcast I listened to, and they talked about how great Rockbox was, and I just thought I would try it out just in case mm. it was as good as they said it was. Yeah, I'm I'm not intimately familiar with Rockbox, but um, I have a bit of an idea of you know what what the setup is like, and I, it's it's intriguing to me to the point of you know I've, I've thought oh, just offhandedly maybe maybe I should try and buy myself a secondhand iPod or something and put Rockbox on it just to tinker with it but yeah it's it's like a solved problem for me but um but the rockbox the, the software does look um, very effective yeah there's something nice about just being able to to just put something on and then like the next day within a few seconds you can be listening to it it's like a walkman you know like yeah, like yeah. you could theoretically navigate to the file and play it from where you left off or maybe the app has a bookmarking feature but it just seems yeah. to be nice yeah. that you don't have to yeah. think about all that stuff like yeah it's, it it's interesting yeah it's interesting for me because like I, I have a a library of um mp3s um you know that i've personally curated over the years and 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 that's a valuable library to me and i'd want to listen to it on on occasion but most of my music listening uh, consists of um the um the deezer app that i have on my phone and if you're not aware deezer is sort of an alternative to um spotify I'm, I'm 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 not too keen on spotify but um Deezer's is really good it's it's basically you know it's a streaming music service and and the beauty of it is that it's basically it's like a, a radio station where it's you know not it's not as deterministic as a, a library of music is because you know exactly what's um in that library whereas you know, with streaming music, um, it can be a bit of a surprise what comes up, but um, at the same time, it's tailored to what your tastes are. So um, I, I listen to that, you know, pretty much every day while I work, and it's, it's um, yeah, it's um, very good for me. Yeah, and I think that listening to music is kind of pretty well solved with all the different yeah. options. Yeah. There's, there's loads of options for listening to music. I just found listening to podcasts and audiobooks and stuff to be not great on anything except for except for rockbox mm. i mean i'm sure there are apps on the phone and stuff that handle this yeah yeah, um, yeah. but uh, yeah i don't know it's like having to for me it would be having to research and investigate replacing something that i'm already happy with so yeah yeah point. yeah yeah for sure um any other devices oh yeah and the last one is a massage gun massage gun i don't know if you meant to call them a massage gun i've seen them called that they look a bit like a gun some of them so um That's, it's like that sounds a bit harsh it they are kind of harsh they're these massage things that like pommel your flesh <laughs> extremely fast and at first i was just thinking like this is awesome because i like a good a good strong massage and um you know like asking your wife to like get her elbow right in there and stuff <laughs> <laughs> it feels you know maybe she's tired or whatever and it's like yeah, yeah. you don't always have that energy so it's like oh massage gun she just has to like place it on your back and, <laughs> and it just, it's like a jackhammer on your back <laughs> oh man it's it's pretty good but it goes so fast that you kind of get like itchy 
Like, you know, if you have chill yeah. veins? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like you get really cold, then you go in hot water and you can feel the yeah. um, feel your skin feel, your skin gets a bit itchy because of the, I don't know why it does, so I'd have to look yeah, yeah. Up, but no, anyway, I, yeah, chill blades. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. So yeah. It, it does that a bit. And, that's um, not that's not ideal. It just can, vibrates. can you change can you change the frequency of you the... can, but it's like either extremely fast or ridiculously fast. <laughs> it doesn't have like a slow speed, <laughs> and it's like using a power tool on on yourself. So you've got to be careful. Like you could probably yeah, okay. hurt yourself with it if you'd like. I don't know, put it on your face or something. It does sound a little bit dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, but it's good too. But I've only mm. had it for a little bit. Um, so I thought I'd just mention that. I'm not exactly promoting it. It is pretty nice though. Yeah. But um, I don't know, like having a really good massage isn't quite the same thing because it's it's like vibrating mm. your muscles rather than like pushing really hard into certain yeah, things that yeah. need to get massaged. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll have to um, get another report from you after you've had a bit more time with it. And and that'll, sounds like that'll either be a product endorsement or, endorsement or some sort of um, public service announcement. Yeah. 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 yeah but yeah, it's, it's all right. Um, yeah. First I was like super happy with it and now I'm a little, not quite sure. Mm. Um, yeah. So when we were thinking about the, the topic for this show, yeah, we sort of asked ourselves the question, what, what, what purposes do consumer electronic devices tend to cater to? Um, and to, to my mind, it was sort of um, really either um, hobbyist purposes, educational purposes, or f- functional purposes, really. Um, what's your thoughts on that, Cam? I haven't thought a whole lot about that. I think you wrote that list down. Um I mean, I don't know if it's necessary to, to split them up like that, but we, we can. I don't mind. Hmm. Well, no, I mean... Yeah. I mean, hobby definitely is its own category, particularly with all the maker, the whole maker movement. Yeah. Um, that's pretty a pretty big field. But I suppose yeah. educational too. Um, but, I mean, functional, is that like everything else? Like, well, no, is, I mean... is entertainment functional? No, no. Uh, the function sorry, of entertainment? Sorry, I should say... I should... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I should say ho- um, hobbyist purposes, educational purposes, functional purposes, and recreational purposes. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the the reason I thought about those different categories is I think it's, it's pretty obvious to me that um, you and I have different things that we're looking for when we... Um, we're looking into um, electronic devices that we'd like to buy. Um, I might be mistaken, but I think you tend to look for devices that um, are what I call functional, something that scratch some type of itch or um, make things more efficient for you somehow or solve some problem. Whereas for me, um, I'm, I'm, I have interest in devices that usually have um, some sort of hobbyist or educational purpose um, and, oh, and sometimes okay. more rec- recreational purpose. Um, when we were talking before the show, um, you, uh, you sort of seemed to indicate that, um, like I mentioned the idea of electronic devices having an educational purpose, purpose and it sounded like um, that wasn't an idea that had really occurred to you. Um, I mean, when I say educational um, devices, I, I'm thinking of things like 
the Raspberry Pi. I mean, a lot of people... I mean, the Raspberry Pi is interesting because it kind of... Um, it, it can be multi-purpose. People use them for... Um, as little workhorse devices for um, home network stuff and that sort of thing and home automations and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, the Raspberry Pi was, was con conceived primarily as an educational device um, for, for tinkering with. Um, and, and another, another um, electronic device or set of devices that I'd heard about a little, a little while ago, which sounded really interesting to me that I'd be keen to investigate a bit further. Uh, uh, they're called uh, Little Bits. Um, um, well, we can have links in the show notes, but um, but basically they're... It's, the Little Bits are uh, basically an open source library of um, modular electronics um, devices that... Uh, connect together with um, little built-in magnets. Um, so you have all these different modules uh, that each have different um, uh, different um, components on them and, and have different purposes. But um, it allows it's it's prime. I'd I'd say that they're an educational um, ecosystem of devices, and and the idea is that. Um, they're they're really good for um, young kids to be able to play around with them. Each each um, module of this ecosystem has, like one of them might have a, a light on it, uh, an LED. One of them might have like an ultrasonic uh, sensor or something, and you basically connect them together to um, to to sort of express your own creativity and come up with your own ideas of how to mix and match them together to um, create something that performs some sort of function um, and I'd almost I'd almost sort of look at it as like a like an abstraction layer on top of you know the basic um, electronic components that um, makes it more accessible for uh, kids and people just starting out with electronics to you know, still express their own creativity when when tinkering with it. So, yeah, that's something that I, I found very interesting. Yeah, I had a quick look when you mentioned it before. And, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I find with sort of kids' electronic stuff, it's either like a kit where you just make someone, you put together components someone else gives you, and it doesn't really feel like you're making anything. You're just like following steps. And it's probably fine, mm. but you just... Yeah. You know, it's like you're building someone else's kit and then it yeah. does whatever they wanted it to do. Yeah. Or it's really, really hard and you actually like know what you have to know what you're doing with soldering yeah. and voltages and all this, you know? Yeah. So yeah. like if, if it is genuinely um sort of like Lego but for electronics where you just mm. put components together that actually work and do something useful, that sounds quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm definitely keen to um to look into it a little bit more, especially with um, young young kids, I've got uh, at the age that they're at, um, it could be something really, um, really fun to play around with. I think. Yeah, and you said um, when you said uh, educational electronics, I was thinking like little toys that have beeps and sounds and screens on them. I wasn't actually thinking of like, <laughs> a, which yeah, I'm not such a fan of. Um, mm. Yeah, no, our kids are both pretty young, so hopefully by the time they're older. Some of this stuff will be really well tested and really um like the things that kids like will work really well and um sort of educational stuff to do with um you know building electronics will be pretty well well established i hope mm, yeah for sure yeah because it's also just like the, the educational material that goes along with it and the different kits and the different 
you know, the different systems, sort of the, the really good ones will get well known and that kind of thing. Yeah. I assume. Yeah. 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 And I mean, um, a, a, a sort of a, a set of uh, electronics devices that are maybe at the intersection of, say, hobby um, related and, and, and functional related is um, uh, home home automation devices. Um, I mean, yeah, home, home automation is becoming a very big thing um, in and of itself. And I'm, I'm not massively uh, interested in, in that area personally. There's like uh, certain subsets of that, um, of that ecosystem that, um, that would be very useful for me to have some automations set up at home, but, um, it's fairly particular, um, the sort of devices and automations that I want to, um, you know, spend my time, uh, fiddling with. Um, I mean, for me, um, the big thing would be, you know, I'm, I'm on a, on a, a little bit of land and we're wanting to set up a bit of a, they call them a poly tunnel. It's like a, a, a tunnel shaped um, greenhouse. It's, it's, um, that's created by stretching some things um, like plastic wrap um, over it um, to create the, the enclosure. But um, this I, I, is this something that you walk in? Like you yeah, get yeah, up correct. inside? It's, yeah, it's yeah, a big yeah, greenhouse. Right. Big, big, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, that's right. So I'd, we, we don't have that set up, but we want to do that at some point, not too far away. And once that's set up, I'd, I'd love to have, um, I'd love to, I mean, we'll have to dig a trench out to it to bring a water, water line in, uh, but I'd love to bring out some extra conduit to, to take um, data cables out and have it connected into my network so that I could have some devices and sensors set up out, out there to be able to control the watering systems, but to be able to take readings on you know on humidity and temperature and all that sort of stuff um and um potentially you know um, automate um actuation of the, the watering systems based on the data that i'm getting from the sensors in there and that sort of thing so that that's an area that um i could see home automation would be useful for me but i don't um the sort of you know the the traditional um home automation devices like uh you know, uh, door door locks and video cameras and all that sort of stuff. It doesn't interest me as much. No, me neither. No, I have a hard time thinking of what I would automate. That yeah, would yeah. make my life any better. It seems pretty pretty cruisy where I am at the moment. <laughs> like people say, like, oh, I can have my lights set up a certain way or have the music set a certain way. I mean, maybe I have to try it or something, but it just seems like such a lot of hassle. Just. It's, well, it's, there seems to be a lot of a uh, lot of time and effort investment in getting all that stuff set up. Um, I'd want to have, you know, a pretty decent return on my my time and effort um, if if that was the case, and and that's what I'd get if I did automations for this um, this poly tunnel that we're looking at setting up. Yeah, because, I'm not liking it there. That sounds like a good yeah. use of um, of automation. No, I'm just saying yeah. for like the typical household automation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't no, have I any use. Yeah, yeah. Personally. And yeah. sounds like you don't really either. No, no, not particularly. Yeah, if I, I mean, had a like really I, big house, maybe it would be handy. Yeah, I could imagine maybe having like a a smart light or two here and there, but um, I wouldn't want very much, uh, you know, 
um, IoT sort of connected stuff as far as that goes. You hear people on some podcasts that set this stuff up talk about how they've you know got fairly complicated setups through the cloud and then their security and then you know you've got to worry about how things can access your house from the outside and I mean probably they can't really do much other than turn the lights on and on turn the lights yeah. on and off but even then it just feels like just a lot of I don't know a lot of effort for nothing a lot of effort for not much yeah yeah I mean that that's that's my take on it but it's obviously um a personal thing um it's just it's just the it's just like a lot of things it's just the trade-off um between you know effort and the return that you get and that return for some of the you know the more traditional home automation stuff is um is worth it for for some people not others yeah so those are you know, actual devices that we have and are on the market that we were potentially interested in. But I was wondering if, Cam, if you have a uh, a wish list of um, electronic device ideas that aren't um, that aren't a thing that you'd be keen to see um, made real. Well, I have a bunch of things that I'd like to see made real, see. but I'm not sure how practical they are. You see, when you, when you mention like all these gadgets and stuff, you say, hey, yeah, but I don't have the time to get into this or, you know, it's too much of a hassle. Whereas I see these uh, gadgets as potential time savers. So I would like it if there were more gadgets that could, uh, that could do chores, that could do cleaning, that could uh, wash the dishes. Before you say dishwasher, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean like wash all the dishes that you can't put in the dishwasher, which is... Problem with having a wife that has nice cookware. Uh, okay, she, right. you know, she I was wondering what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was she wondering what sort of dishes you can't put in the dishwasher. Well, but again, yeah, not yeah. dishes literally, but you know, like, like yeah, nice yeah. No, pots. I know what you, you mean. Know, you know, high yeah. quality pots and knives stuff and stuff. The stuff that's not uh, quote unquote dishwasher safe. Sure, like I have to do the dishes regularly because yeah. things can't be put in the dishwasher. Yeah, like that seems like a. A problem that could be solved with some sort of dishwashing, some sort of dishwashing machine that doesn't just like blast everything with, I don't know, strong chemicals and a lot of hot water. Yeah, but any other method for washing dishes automatically sounds fantastically complex to my mind. It's true, but I mean, it's it's a problem everyone has. If there was some mm. solution, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not I'm not arguing with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, you've probably got a point. That's why it doesn't exist. So that's the thing. Like <laughs> most of these things that I'll be thinking of just don't exist. Yeah, and, yeah, sure. Um, or no, if, if want... they if they exist, they're like very expensive or something. Like yeah, this. yeah. I, I don't want to rain on your parade. So can continue. Yeah. So so anything that helps with cooking as well, like like just to be able to say, I want this pot to not boil over. Just keep it boiling, but don't boil over. It just seems like a problem that could be solved with some mm. sort of mm. machinery slash computer vision slash whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or, or just like, I want to cook this toast and I want it to never burn and it just has to be the right color when it comes out. Well, actually, like, yeah. and That, that yeah. seems like we should be able to have that. And it could cost well, 10 times as much as a normal toaster and I'm sure many people would be happy to, to buy it. Yeah, and I mean, if I can interject just there, I mean, that makes me think of the thermomix again, because essentially 
um, you know, physically the two things that it does is it, it, it stirs and, um, and atomizes and it, and it um, heats and cooks. Um, the, the issue with the thermomix is that the software that manages those functions, it's, you know, it's a, it's a proprietary um, software platform and you can get recipes for it. You can program in your own recipes that sort of have their own, um, you know, cooking sequences and stuff, which is great. But what I would love is a thermomix that ran open source software. Huh. It could happen. Or maybe some of the cheaper ones uh, could have like upgradable yeah, yeah. firmware or something like that. Yeah, but would yeah. it make that much difference? Because the thermomix is good for thing good for things that can be blended and made into a kind of sludge. But I'm talking about toast here, or you know, <laughs> cooking a steak well, till it's well, just right. It would, Come on, it would, it would be good if there was maybe an uh, an ecosystem of. Um, cooking and kitchen devices that had some sort of unified um, open source software platform that managed them. I mean, you're getting ahead of ahead of yourself. I would just like them to exist first. <laughs> I'm worried about if they're open source or well, the, the license the, of the, the firmware the title, later. The title of this section was wish list. This is what That's I wish true. for. Well, well, yeah. no, this is my wish list. You have your own <laughs> wish list. <laughs> um, yeah, so anything that does cooking would be uh, mm. good. And I think, I mean, I'm sure there's reasons why computer vision isn't being used for cooking yet. Or if it is, it's not used heavily. I'm probably having cameras in, you know, in areas that get extremely hot. It's really difficult mm. and they probably break all the time, this kind of thing. But it seems like yeah, and, it should be possible to do. And it might just be a matter of, um, for, for consumer devices at least, um, uh, just timing things in terms of cooking times and stuff is it's a matter of near enough is good enough. And um, it's just a, a matter of diminishing returns in terms of the option of having sensors that verify um, the, the state of the cook and that sort of thing. Yeah. But things burn like reasonably often when <laughs> yeah. you're cooking. Yeah. Like not just saying like, things burning when you cook them is a thing of the past. It's not, a, it's a solved problem and you're going to pay, you know, this much more. Like the Thermomix yeah. is expensive and people are happy to pay for it. Yeah, so I think yeah. Yeah, there's potentially a market for it. Yeah. Something that solved the problem, even if it was very expensive, would I think it would have a market. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's good reasons that computer vision isn't used in cooking at the moment. It's probably mm. a mix of, you know, it being a bit too expensive and having all the heat protection for the electronics is difficult and all the rest of it. So another thing which does already exist, but um, I would like to see further developed is uh, automated gardening. I think it would be great to have a robot do all your gardening. Um, <laughs> and something was developed, I'll put a link in the show notes, but hmm. it's a bit more like a big 3D printer than a, than a robot that does gardening. It's like a, it's got rails and it goes up and down and has sort of an arm that plants seeds and cuts things and whatever yeah yeah i you've shown me this in the past and it's a it's a brilliant concept yeah definitely yeah yeah so it'll be good to see how it's progressed or if there are better alternatives that have since come about but yeah. i think um it and, seems like it's a sorry i was just going to say just quickly the um uh just the the basic uh principle of the system it seems like if if you had you know the 
the um, the capital um, to, to get all the required equipment. Um, it seems like it's the sort of thing that could potentially be built and um, and run in, in a DIY capacity, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like the sort of thing that you could just set up and mostly leave as is and let it, you know, manage the garden and, you know, yeah. if it could actually get rid of the weeds and the pests and stuff, that kind of thing mm. would be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, for sure. It also seems like at a sort of a good level of um, complexity as far as these things go, because mm. the problems they're solving aren't, aren't so hard. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that video of the guy that tried to make a machine to cut his hair. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I need to see it though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, anyway, so he, he had a, there were some problems. There were some bugs that needed to be behind that. <laughs> Mostly cut his hair well, but there were some accidents. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, like with gardening, there's not so many safety issues. It's not a... Um, yeah, no, it's... it. Um, yeah, like, like I say, it, it seemed like a brilliant concept. So, yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting to see if it's, um, if, it's, if it's progressed at all. Yeah, and it's the sort of thing that once it works on a basic level useful and then it can be iterated on and improved that kind of thing mm. all right um and your wish list michael well i i don't really have a wish list um uh, as such because for, for me no uh, you you're the the devices that you're interested in your wish list is based on stuff that makes things more efficient for you um and or it fulfills some sort of practical function and like i say it's it's one of those categories i mentioned it's you know it's more functional devices that you're looking for whereas for me i tend to um, be interested in um, electronic devices that have either some sort of recreational um, uh, educational or hobbyist sort of value so that's the sort of stuff that i go for and as far as that goes, I don't really feel the need to have um, a wish list of um, of devices that I'd like to exist that don't currently exist because f for me, from what I've seen, there's there's so many cool ideas out there, so many um, brilliant devices um, that I, I would love to, to get into and really explore and, and hack on and tinker with, um, but I just don't have the time to get into all of that sort of stuff and you know, I with with the the hobbyist pursuits that I I um you know I have at the moment that that I'm already spread too thin as you know personal resource wise. So um, I have to be careful about uh, what um you know what platforms or or systems that I dip my toe in in future because I I don't have the the capacity to to get into too much more stuff. So for me um. The wishlist stuff is more a matter of stuff that already exists that I find interesting and I try and limit myself to just, you know, window shopping, watching YouTube videos about these devices and all the cool stuff that they can do, but I don't really have the time to get involved with them, basically. Yeah, I feel similar. Like, if, if mm. I had, like, spare time just to mess around with sort of fun electronic stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there'd be a lot you could do. Yeah. And I think that's a great thing um, that, you know, we, we, especially, you know, that we live in a day and age now where there's, there's so much um, 
awesome stuff out there available um, for people to get involved with and people to to invest themselves and their time in. Um, it's nice to you know be in the position where the the main problem you have is basically just um, trying to be careful about being selective and and which ones you choose to to become involved with. You know, so it's a good situation to be in. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like that's probably a a good note to uh, to sign off on. Um, so hopefully it's been um, uh, yeah, um, an enjoyable listen, and um, yeah, we just want to say thank you for for joining us for the conversation. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes, you can find them at our website, which is conversationsincode.xyz. For any feedback, suggestions, or other thoughts you might have, you can email us at conversationsincode at gmail.com. We'll catch you next time. See you, Ken.